take your Bible this morning and turn with me to the 21st chapter of John. We're going to look again this week um, at the uh, end uh, of the passage we looked at uh, last week. I think there's a truth there uh, that God kind of moved on me uh, this week and, and opened my eyes to that uh, I think is important for us. And I want to talk to you this morning on, uh, on this subject, on dealing with directions. Uh, most of us, uh, let's be honest, I just heard it this week, uh, and all of you have heard something along these lines, I'm sure. Uh, I heard somebody kind of upset and, uh, and with the statement, ask me to do anything you want. Don't tell me to do it. Uh, you know, I got my people in here. Uh, you know, uh, that, uh, you know that, that's the way kind of a lot of us operate. You can ask me to do most anything, but uh, if you tell me, uh, generally I get a little, uh, a little, little bristly. Uh, and we don't deal good with directions, and, and, and heaven help us if we use that word commandments. Now we really get, uh, even if they come from God, it seems like we get uh, a little bit... Um, uh, a, a little bit uh, bowed up about the idea of being told uh, what to do. Uh, yesterday, uh, Rhonda had gone to run some errands and uh, yesterday morning, and, uh, and she called me uh, and said, Get ready. Uh, I'm going to finish what I'm doing. She listed the rest of the places she needed to go. And I'm going to come home, and you're going to take me to lunch. And I said, Look here, you're acting like it's your birthday. You're telling me I'm going to take you to lunch. You, you say, will you take me to lunch? She says, no, you're taking me to lunch. Uh, I, got a, I got ready so I could take her to lunch. Uh, you know, uh, we don't deal well uh, with commandments. Um, and, uh, but I want you to see something this morning uh, in this uh, passage that uh, almost snuck by me, to be honest. And uh, as I was uh, preparing and looking and uh, planning on going on in the 21st chapter, uh, this stood out to me. And, and I think it deserves uh, our uh, attention this morning. You, you remember the story we looked at last week. The disciples uh, had gone fishing, and they had fished all night. Uh, and caught nothing. Uh, and as the, uh, as the night was ending, uh, they're out there, and again, I, I'm sure, uh, as I said last week, the only thing worse than spending all day fishing and catching nothing is spending all night fishing uh, and catching nothing. Uh, and, and again, for them, this would have been especially uh, difficult because when, when I go fishing, uh, I go in a, in a nice boat with a padded seat, and uh, I, I got a, a, a whale full of ice and Diet Coke, and over here's an, I don't have anywhere to put fish. I got one full of Diet Coke and one full of snacks. And so even if the fish are not biting, we'll have a picnic. Uh, you know, it's, not, you know, it's, not, uh, it's not a total loss. And a uh, nice cushion, uh, swivelly chair to sit in, and uh, you know, rod holder. I don't even have to hold my rod. I put it in the rod holder and just let it sit there. And I just kind of sit there and wait on the old fish, you know, eat, you know uh, and, and get my suntan on. Uh, but for them, a night, this was a lot of work. Uh, casting those nets in and out, dragging those nets. They were wore out. They were professional fishermen uh, who knew what they were doing. And as the night ends, 
Here's what I want us to focus on this morning. Uh, as the night ends and, uh, and they're discouraged, they're tired, they're probably hungry, uh, you know, on top of everything else that has happened uh, with the crucifixion of Jesus uh, and him popping in and out uh, every now and then, uh, they've had a rough few days. And, and, and this last night of fit, fruitless fishing uh, hasn't helped any. And, and as they're wrapping up the night, and, and if you ever been on a, a fruitless fishing trip, you know how it, how it goes. Uh, and I'm sure this one wasn't much difference. You about ready to go? I don't know. How about you? Well, let's try one more spot. You about ready to go? Yeah. And, and, yeah. I'm sure that had been going on. And in the midst of that, they, they hear a voice uh, from the shore saying, have you caught anything? Well, that just... Yeah, if you've ever been fishing and didn't catch anything, somebody asking you, did you catch anything, is just salt in the wounds. And then he says to them, cast your net on the other side. Now, I don't know about you, but I- I've done a fair amount of fishing in my life. Um, and telling me how to fish, I- I'm a fairly decent fisherman. Telling me how hurts my soul. Especially if you're standing on the shore, not helping drag in the net. And so he tells them, throw the net on the other side. I want us to take a moment and and look at that commandment uh, and think for a moment about commandments, about uh, particularly, again, uh, I can't help you with, you know, with those phone calls that say, you know, get up and get ready, you're taking me to lunch. The only thing I can tell you is if that's your wife on the other end of the phone, get up and get ready and take her to lunch. That'll that'll make your life a lot simpler. Uh, I'm talking about commandments from God. Uh, and how we deal with directions and directives uh, from God Himself. Let, let's talk for a moment uh, to begin with about the nature uh, of directions. And I'm just going to be uh, kind of brutally honest with you this morning as we uh, as we think about. Uh, directions, and we think about uh, some of the directions that uh, that God gives. If you look over Scripture, uh, God has given throughout the Bible. Uh, he has given some directions, some commandments uh, that are, uh, are 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 less than favorable to the person uh, who is receiving them. Moses, I want you to go back down to Egypt, uh, where you had to get out because they were going to kill you. I want you to go back. That's not a real good direction to get. Uh, Abraham, take your son, your only son, Isaac, and sacrifice him in the place I'll show you. That's not a wonderful commandment. Um, Jonah, go to Nineveh. You know those people you hate? Go preach to them and tell them uh, to repent or they're going to be destroyed. When Jonah in his heart would have much rather seen them destroyed than repented. Uh, God has, if you go through the Bible, you'll find that that God has a a, a knack for giving uh, some really um, interesting commandments. Go next door and tell your neighbor about Jesus. Your waitress, when she comes to the table in front of all these people, tell her, Tell her about Jesus. Ask her if you can pray for her. When you gather with all your co-workers for the company party, bow your head and say the blessing, whether anybody else does or not. 
Yeah. God can give some really untimely, uncomfortable directions sometimes. Uh, and so let's think about, uh, for just a moment, uh, those directions. I'm going to belabor this. I just want to kind of get in your mind uh, the, the nature, uh, many times, uh, of the directions from God. Quite often they're despised. Uh, quite often they're despised. We don't like them, just to be blunt as I know how to be. They are, we, we hate them. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm almost positive there were some disciples that night uh, on the boat when Jesus says, throw your net on the other side of the boat. And went, yeah, who does he think he is? Tell him to get a boat and throw his net wherever he wants to. I'm tired. Uh, you know, I've been doing this all night. I've been fishing my whole life. Who does he think he is? Uh, and so, the, 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 again, go, go back to Egypt. Go to Nineveh. Sacrifice your son. Uh, God has a, a, you know, a, a way of, uh, of giving us commandments that quite often we hate them. Uh, we despise uh, those commandments. Go over there and, and witness to that man over there. Go over there and tell that guy uh, about Jesus. Give that guy over there, give that, uh, that homeless guy that last $20 in your, uh, in, in your purse. Give, give, uh, you know, give, them that, give that guy there, your, you know, that guy behind you, pay for his food and tell him Jesus loves him. But God, I'm broke. I had to order a plain biscuit to start with. You know, uh, the commandments sometimes that God gives us, quite honestly, we despise them. Yeah, they, they, they're uncomfortable, they're, they make us miserable. Listen, if we wanted to do it, we'd have been doing it already. Yeah, that's the reason he had to command us. If Jonah wanted to see Nineveh repent, he'd already been there preaching. He didn't want to see Nineveh repent. He didn't, yeah, that's the reason when he got the command, he went in the other direction. Yeah, listen, we despise them. Why are they despised? Let's be honest. Many times they're disregarded. God says go, and again, I use Jonah as an example. God says go, and we go, we just go the other direction. Yeah. We don't do what he tells us to do. Uh, that, that's the way we often, uh, typically, in many cases, respond to the directions of God. We just disregard them. We just don't pay them any attention whatsoever. We, we you know, okay, Lord, I heard you. Yeah. We, 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 we talk about our children for doing that exact same thing. Yeah. But we do the same thing to God. God gives us direction. Let's be honest. Uh, uh, you know, look, look, we've got a Bible full of commandments and directions that typically we disregard most of. We, uh, we, we, we overlook most of them. So we despise them. We disregard them. Uh, third thing, the other option that we do with a lot of commandments and, and is they're, they're delayed. God says, I, I, you know, I want you to go do so and so. And we're like, I'll, be, I'll get around to it. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll get to it. Yeah, I, I think my mother sitting back there will tell you, and I've shared this with you before, one of my number one responses as a child growing up when told something. No, my number one response when being told something as a child was, wait a minute. Yeah. And, and you know, God's got a sense of humor, too. Let me just veer down the dirt road for a minute. You know, you know what my children's number one response is? Wait a minute. Payback's rough. The only problem is I get it four times over. Because I, you know, my mom only had to hear it from me. I have to hear it from all four of them. Wait a minute. You know what my response is? 
If I wanted to wait a minute, I'd have waited a minute to tell you. I told you now, I want it done now. Yeah. And they still wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Our response to God's commandments many times is, Lord, I'll get to what you want, but I'm going to do what I want first. I'm going to go do the things I enjoy. I'm going to do what I like. I'm going to go over here and do it my way first, and then if my way doesn't work, I'll come back and try it your way. And so we despise God's commandments, we disregard God's commandments, we delay in responding to God's commandments, and one of the reasons for that is God's commandments, His directions are often difficult. They're difficult. Sacrifice your son. Go preach to the Ninevites. Witness to that stranger. They're hard. They're, they're, They're a test of our faith for a reason. And God's directions are many times very difficult uh, for us to be obedient to. We, we, it's, uh, the, the, the bar is really high uh, in, in what uh, God wants us to do. I, I've, I've used him before as, a, as an example, and he hadn't hit me yet, so I'm going to assume it's all right this morning. Uh, all of you know that Larry uh, sits out here and prays with folks. I remember when he came to me and asked me about that, if that was okay. He said he felt like God uh, was telling him to do that. And, and, and I've shared this before. Some of you have heard this. Uh, one of Larry's lifetime friends, somebody he's known since childhood, uh, basically told Larry, you're a nut. You know, you're, you're crazy uh, for doing that. And, you know, thankfully, uh, Larry said, no, you didn't know that. I'm going to do what God said, and he's blessed a lot of people out there. But it's difficult. Uh, God's commands are difficult. It's difficult to, to pack up and go back to Egypt when you've already been run out of Egypt once. It's difficult uh, to, when God says, sacrifice your son. It's difficult when God says, do those things. It's difficult when God says to Abraham, get your nephew and, and tell him, let him pick first which side he wants. And, and he picks the good side. And then you honor your word. Listen, it's difficult. Can you imagine Joseph, as Joseph's brothers came in, and, and, and after all they had done to him, and he's now the second most powerful man in the world, and his brothers come in needing help. How much help would his brothers got from you? Being obedient is difficult. It's difficult. We disregard them. We delay. We despise them. Sometimes, let's be honest, the commandments of God are discouraging. They're discouraging. Look, (coughs) all those examples I've made this morning, Abraham, Jonah, you don't think it discouraged Jonah to be told, I want you to go preach to Nineveh, the people you hate, so I can send revival? It discouraged him so much, he said, I'll go the other direction. And even when the storm came, rather than go to Nineveh, he said, throw me overboard. Sometimes the commandments can be discouraging. That's just a little brief idea to put kind of, I want to put in your mind uh, to begin with, again, the nature uh, of directions. But now, let's talk about the necessity of directions. This is the 
where, where God really kind of spoke to me this week and, and got me to thinking uh, a little differently uh, about the directives and the commandments uh, that He gives. And there's three things I want you to understand this morning and see uh, about the necessity uh, of the commandments of God. First of all, I want you, as we look particularly at, at our passage here, uh, these disciples who have fished all night caught nothing. Uh, and again, we've we got to take the whole story uh, in, in, into perspective here. Remember, uh, they're still kind of, you know, their mind is, you know, rolling and tumbling over this whole crucifixion, resurrection. Jesus keeps appearing and disappearing stuff, wondering if they're going to be arrested next. All that's in their mind. Fished all night, caught nothing. And, and, and Jesus has told them, go to Galilee. They've went to Galilee. They haven't seen him uh, and, and don't know where he is and don't know when he's going to pop back in. And here they are, tired and exhausted, and a voice comes from the shore, have you caught any fish? Have you caught anything? No. Well, cast your net on the other side. When they cast their net on the other side, the Bible says they caught a load of fish so big they could not even drag it in. We find out later that it was 153 fish uh, in their net. And so the first thing we learn from the directions of God is the directions of God make us aware of His presence. They make us aware of His presence. After that event, after Jesus said, again, Jesus is standing on the shore. They haven't recognized Him. They haven't noticed Him. They don't know who He is. They don't even notice Him and recognize Him when He says, Have you caught any fish? They don't catch His voice. They don't realize who it is. But when He says, Cast your net on the other side, and they are obedient, and they bring in a net full of fish, then they become, John says, It's Jesus on the shore. The directions of God, the commandments of God, make us, help us become aware of the presence of God. Moses is in the backwoods of nowhere, tending his father-in-law's sheep, content uh, to, uh, to live out the rest of his life in obscurity and die uh, again in the, on the backside of nowhere, when what happens? God shows up in a, in a bush that burns and is not consumed, and Moses becomes aware of the presence of God. Jonah, go to Nineveh. It, it, he took a little different path. But Jonah decides not to go to Nineveh. He gets on a ship to go to Tarshish, and a storm comes up, and the storm tosses around. Jonah became painfully aware of the presence of God. Not in a good way. But he became aware. He says, I know the reason we're in this storm, the reason we're in this mess is it's my fault. And God is trying to get my attention. And you are at risk because of me. Jonah became aware of the presence of God through the directions of God. Listen, we, we, as we receive, as we go through the Word of God, and we begin to see and understand and, and, and know the direction and the commandments of God, we become more aware and attuned to the very presence of God. Yeah, listen, God doesn't give us His commandments and directions 
to, to make us, again, I said a while ago, I gave you a list. Generally, they're despised. They're, they're, they're denied. They're discouraging. That's not the reason God gives us commandments. Do you think God to, Christ told the disciples to throw their net on the other side of the ship to discourage them? No. He told them to cast their net on the other side of the ship to encourage them. To get them to realize and see that it was Him standing on the shore. God gives us His commandments so that when we are obedient to those commandments, He is able to bless us and then we are aware of His presence. That's what the commandments are for. That's why He gives us direction. He tells you, go over there and witness to that fellow over there. Lord, I don't know him. Go anyway. And you go and you witness to that man. Successful or not, whether that person accepts Jesus Christ or not, the fact is, by going, you experience the leadership of the Spirit and you will be moved and you will become more aware of the presence of God in your life. Do you think Abraham, after going up and being obedient and going and taking his son up on the mountain to sacrifice him and God providing a lamb, do you think Abraham was more or less aware of the presence of God after that experience? More aware. Absolutely. The, the commandments of God... Our, our awareness and our obedience to those commands teach us that when we, are, when we are obedient to the commands of God, we are blessed. God honors that, and we become more aware of the presence of God in our life. Commandments, directions of God are for our benefit. First benefit of directions is we become more aware of the presence of God. Not that, then the second thing I want you to notice about the directions is really what God spoke to me. Uh, what really this whole this thought is really what what the whole message came out of this morning. It is the direction of God, the necessity that it gives us access to the provisions of God. Gives us access to the provisions of God. When the disciples cast the net on the other side of the boat like they were told to, they caught 153 fish. In most lakes in this area, that would get you in trouble for catching 153. About 20 is the limit. The game warden will get you. But Jesus says, cast your net on the other side and they were obedient, and they caught 153 fish. Let me ask you a question. Were those 153 fish in that lake the whole time? All night long when they had been fishing. You, ever, you remember that Charlie the Tuna commercial from years ago? You know, old Charlie had swim up, and he'd you know, pull on the hook and you know, take, the, you know, take the meat off the hook. Those fish were there all night long laughing at those disciples. They think we're dumb enough to swim in that net? <laughs> Not happening tonight, you know. No. What allowed them, what changed 
between a night full of empty nets and one cast of a full net was obedience. When they followed and received the direction of God, that gave them access to the provisions of God. Listen, hear me. Hear me well tonight, today, whatever time it is. The provisions of God only come through obedience. They only come through obedience. Look at, again, another same example. Jonah, when he was disobedient, where did he end up? He ended up on a ship being tossed around, thrown in the water, swallowed up by the great fish. Why? Because of disobedience. When he finally went to Nineveh and preached like God told him to, the Bible says everyone in the city repented. The king put out an order and said, Repent. Let's save our city. Why? Because obedience to commandments gives us access to the provisions of God. If Abraham would not have taken Isaac up on the mountain to sacrifice and do as God had told him to do, the provision was already there. The lamb was prepared. The lamb was ready. But it took obedience for Abraham to find that. Moses, go back to Egypt. I, I, I can't go. Throw down your rock and watch what I'll do. Obedience opens the door for the provision of God. They had fished all night and caught nothing until they followed this strange, may not seem strange to you, but it was strange to say, put your net, again, you're only moving your net a few feet. You know, you fished all night and caught nothing. Surely they had fished in that spot already, just from the other side. That, to, to hit, strange, unusual, weird. You know, here's a man who's not fishing, telling us how to fish. They do it, and when they do, the windows of heaven are open, and they catch so many fish. Notice it. They're not even able to pull the net into the boat. They just hold on to the net and drag the whole operation up on the shore. Why? Because they were obedient. When I want to ask you a question. Where would the Israelites be had Moses not been obedient? Do you think we'd read about dividing the Red Sea, manna, been a different story, wouldn't it? What if Abraham wouldn't have been obedient? What a difference if the disciples would have said, who's he think he is? I'm not mad. Let's go home. Been a whole different story. Obedience. The commands of God open us up to receive the provisions of God. The commandments of God, being obedient, make us aware of the presence of God. The commands of God 
open us up and make us ready for the advancement of His purpose. It is through that event. Think about it. We, we, we have to understand the connection of the chain of events. They fished all night, caught nothing. Jesus standing on the shore says, have you caught anything? No. Throw your net on the other side. Okay. They throw their net on the other side. They catch 153. John says, uh, John says, it's the master. It's Jesus. Peter jumps out of the boat, runs to shore. They get on the shore. They have fish waiting for them. When they, after they have the fish is when Jesus looks at Peter and says, do you love me? They go through this whole thing. Sets everything up for, for, for the ultimate event of Pentecost. I don't know what would have happened. You don't know what would have happened had Jesus said, cast your net on the other side, and the disciples refused. We have no idea. No way of possible of knowing what their disobedience would have caused what the results would have been. I don't know, do you? Hard to say what would have happened. Something as seemingly insignificant as throwing your net on the other side of the ship quite likely changed the course of church history. Certainly made a difference ultimately in Peter's life. And Peter was foundational, instrumental in the, in the origin of the New Testament church. Preached at Pentecost. I don't know what would have happened. I I, I'm not going to stand here and tell you the church wouldn't be here today. I'm not going to tell you Pentecost wouldn't happen. I don't know. I don't know what would have happened if they would have been disobedient. And here's my point. You don't know what will happen if you are disobedient. You don't know the cost. You don't know the ramifications of being disobedient. the commandments of God. Um, I, I, I'm not a huge movie fan. Uh, I mean, I, some of the older ones I like. What, what, I do kind of like some of those time travel movies where people, you know, where they travel in time. And usually in those movies, there's always a little bit of a storyline of if you go back in time, and you do something, you know, if you go back in time 50 years, you might do something that messes up your own future life. You know, what, what was that? Back to the Future, I think, was the movie where the, you know, where the guy was kind of disappearing out of his family picture or whatever. You know, if you go back in time far enough, you could do something that messes, you know, that, I, I kind of, that whole concept kind of um, works in my little head. Think about it. Your obedience today or your disobedience could very well affect something 
50 years from now. Your obedience or disobedience today could have an impact on your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Your decisions today could have an impact on people who are not even born yet. There are men and women. Let me give you a positive example of that. There are men and women, Preacher Turner, others, who decided some 70 years ago now that this area needed a church in it. It needed a Baptist church. And so down the street here, across the street, they began meeting and formed a church that ultimately became the congregation you're now part of. Hard to tell the lives that have been changed, the souls that have been saved, the marriages, the children's lives that have been impacted because that little band of people decided to be obedient. People's lives are still being affected. Even today, because those folks were obedient. Being obedient, the commands of God, they make us aware of His presence, they give us access to His provision, and they help us to accomplish, advance His purpose. Disobedience hinders every one of those things. Disobedience. What if those disciples wouldn't have thrown the net on the other side? What if Moses wouldn't have went back to Egypt? What if, what if, what if Abraham wouldn't have went up on that mountainside? What if, what if you're disobedient? Are you willing to take that chance? Your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, their very salvation could depend on your obedience today. I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning. Listen, I know this is a hard question to deal with. I know this is a difficult question to answer. But is there something God has been speaking to you about? Has God been moving in you, stirring your heart? And you've been putting off being obedient. I know that's a hard invitation. Can I ask you this morning where you are to, to kneel, come, come forward, kneel here. Lord, search my heart. Show me. Open my, open my eyes to see, is there any area of disobedience 
in me. Because, Lord, I want to know your presence. I want to experience your provisions. I want to advance your purpose. I don't want to be the reason it's hindered. That area of disobedience this morning, it may be salvation. God's been dealing with you. He's been t tickling your heart. He's been convicting you. Being saying you need to be saved. You need to ask forgiveness. You need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Whether you're in this room or whether you're with us online, today is the day of obedience. Don't put it off another day. You need to know Him as your Lord and Savior. Would you come? And I'll show you from God's Word how you can be saved today. You're with us online, drop us a note, an email, call. Love to have the opportunity to talk to you about your salvation. About obedience. About obedience. That brings us into the presence of God. Brings us the provisions of God. And accomplishes the purposes of God. Lord, I want to be obedient. Would you pray that prayer with me this morning? Lord, help me to be obedient. Break my will. Break my will. Not my will, but yours be done. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. God, I ask you today to, to help us. God, help us to be willing to cast our net on the other side. To be willing to do what you lead us to do. God, to follow your directions. God, to appreciate your directions. Teach us to love your commandments. Because it's your commandments that, that open up your presence to us, that give us your provisions. God, you give us your commandments, your directions, not to be a weight around our neck, but God, to be a blessing to us. God, help us this morning to be obedient. God, for the one today that's been putting off salvation, been pushing it back, saying, I'll do it sometime. I'll do it someday. I'll get saved one day. God, whether they're in this room or whether they're watching us online, God, I pray that right now they'll, they'll, they'll bow their head and ask you to come into their heart to save them, to forgive them for their sins. God, we'll give you the credit and the glory for what you do in this place today.